Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. And today I'm sharing part three of a series I'm calling All That I Have Is Yours. And this series is based on a revelation that I have received recently that has completely changed my life and given me a new excitement for the things of God as I've gained new understanding that God has already given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness, everything that we need to fulfill His plan for our life. He's already deposited in us when we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's nothing hindering us, nothing holding us back except for our own wrong understanding. And that's what I've shared in the previous two programs about how I was going round and round the mountain and coming back again and again to the same ugly spot where I never wanted to be. And it was all because of my own wrong understanding and primarily based on two scriptures. One was 1 Corinthians 13, 9, where it says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so I'm reading that and thinking, well, there it is in writing. We can only know part. Uh, We only got part of the equation. There's some critical, vital part of information that we need that we just somehow, some reason, God's never going to make it available to us. That is not what that scripture is talking about. And so I took some time in the previous program, toward the end of that program, and already explained that, the correct interpretation from the Scriptures. And the reason I know now what the right interpretation is, is because I found lots of other Scriptures that contradict the way I was interpreting it. And there is, there's no contradiction whatsoever in the Scriptures, so the right interpretation is the one that aligns with all of them. Now, I've done the same thing with this other verse that I was stuck on, which was Proverbs 25, verse 2, where it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. Well, that makes it sound like God is intentionally hiding things from us, like He's getting some pleasure out of playing some guessing game with us. And again, that is not the right interpretation, because I've found other scriptures that say he's encouraging us that he will be found by those who seek him with all of our heart. Uh, That's Jeremiah 29, 13. God is not trying to hide anything from us. The only time God would ever hide information from us is if he knew we weren't ready to hear it. And it's just like Jesus said to his disciples, I have many things to share with you, to tell you, but you're not ready to hear them. And that is found in John chapter 16, verse 12. And so he couldn't. He was limited, not because he wanted to limit anything, but because they couldn't hear it. They couldn't understand it. And so we're better off not hearing the message if we're just going to discard it after we hear it, because we're going to be held at a higher level of accountability for what we're given. Everything God gives us, He's going to hold us accountable for, just as the Scripture says, to whom much is given, much will be required. And that is in Luke 
chapter 12, verse 48. And the same principle is repeated in Peter, in 2 Peter 2, 20 and 21, where he says that we're better off not to have known the way of righteousness than after having known it to turn away from the holy commandment that was delivered to us. And so we're held to this higher level of accountability. And for our sake, God will wait on us to seek him. And when we're ready, when we're serious about understanding his ways, then he will give it to us when we can handle it responsibly. But until then, we're the ones who suffer for it because we're stumbling in darkness and in confusion where we can uh, get offended at God and completely get everything turned around in our thinking. And so it's not a good place to be. And that's the reason why when Jesus taught the, the crowds that gathered to him, he always spoke to them in parables. And at one point, his disciples asked him, why do you do this? And he told them, it's because their hearts are hard. And that's in Matthew 13, verse 15, where he said, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, which literally means thick. They're too thick-hearted, too hard-hearted. They can't, he can't penetrate uh, their heart with anything that he's giving them. In other words, Jesus knew that the people, many of the people in the crowds, were not looking to him. They were not seeking God with all their heart. They were there because they wanted something for the here and now so that they could continue going their own way and doing their own thing. In other words, they were using him. They were not setting their heart to pursue him. And that was proven later on in that many of those same people were the ones uh, who yelled, crucify him, crucify him. They betrayed him. They never were with him to begin with. And so he spoke to them in parables knowing that those who are seeking God are going to discern the meaning, while those who are seeking other things, they're not going to discern the proper meaning. They're not going to understand, and therefore, they won't be held accountable for it. So that was for their benefit. And so the limiting factor in what we receive from God is completely on our side. It's our own a lack of understanding, and our, our understanding is based on what is it that we're focused on? What are we seeking? What are our eyes fixed on? Is it Him? Do we truly want more of Him? Or are we seeking uh, to make our own way? Now, that scripture, Proverbs 25, verse 2, the glory, it's the glory of God to hide the meaning of a word and the glory of kings to search out the meaning that scripture, I started digging into that. That thing is loaded because what it's saying is, why would it be the glory of kings to search out the matter? Well, it's because where is the answer that we need? Every answer that we need is found in Him. And the only way we're going to find it is by setting our eyes on Him. You're never going to see the answer clearly uh, to give the understanding that we need until we look at the right place, look to the right person who has the answer. And in our case, He is in us. He has put His Holy Spirit in us and so deposited already on the inside of us 
is the answer to everything we need. All we have to do is shift our focus so that we can begin to see and draw from what's already in us. And it's just a matter of like change the channel. Just look in the right direction. Stop looking in the wrong places. And this is what I got out of my studies today is when you say uh, someone is hard-hearted, what you're really saying is that they're looking in all the wrong places. They think the answers are over here and over there and everywhere else, but not in him. And so therefore, they're not seeking. They're not looking to him. That's hard-hearted. And so the, the right answer can walk right in front of their face and they won't even recognize it because their focus is elsewhere. Their ears are tuned into a different channel. We have to turn the channel and begin to give full attention, full focus, looking intently at the inner witness of the Holy Spirit in us as He's leading and guiding us into all truth and bearing witness with our spirit as to what He's speaking to us right now, every moment, guiding us continually. We'll have a peace, we'll have a confidence, we'll have that inner witness, that inner knowing that's saying this is the right way, go this way. It might not make sense in our head, it might not look right uh, to other people who looking at us from the natural perspective, they might think we're crazy to go the direction we're going because we're not like them, because we're not being led by money. We're not being led by anything other than this invisible kingdom of God on the inside of us. But other people around us cannot see that invisible kingdom because their hearts are hard, their eyes are blinded, their ears are deaf. Not that God has blinded them, not that God has withheld anything from them, but they cannot perceive because they have fixed their focus elsewhere. And this is such a key point that I just want to tell this little story of what happened uh, with my wife and I the other day. I was looking out the back window of our house into our backyard, and I just happened to see way up in the top of this tree that just happened to be a dead tree, but it's a tall tree. It's probably 60 feet or more up to the top. And way up there, uh, these vultures, four vultures, had come and landed on a branch up there. And it's, it's weird because we don't ever see vultures in our yard. But not only that, above them, uh, the sky was totally overcast. And way up there, I could see a lot more vultures just circling around, and like, oh my gosh, this is creepy. And so I called her over to look and I pointed to him and I said, see that tree over there? See, just follow it all the way up and, uh, and you'll see him. And she kept looking and looking, but she couldn't see him. She says, I, I, I don't see him. And after a while, we realized she's looking at the wrong tree. She thought I was pointing a little bit over to the left. I was pointing more over a little bit over to the right. And so she's looking at the wrong tree. Well, you're never going to find them looking in the wrong place, right? And so when once she found that right tree, it's like, okay, I got it. I see. 
And so that's kind of what this is like. We have to lock in on the right tree, set our focus on it, and there we'll see it all. It's all there. Just look at the right tree. Now, just another side note on that story that I thought was kind of cool is I wanted those vultures out of my yard. So I went out on my back deck and I began to speak. I began to take authority. You know, I might not have authority over the whole planet, But I believe we have authority over our household, over our property. That's our land. And I began to take authority. And I said, I curse you vultures. Get out of my yard. Get out of here now. And just to make sure they left, I then went inside and grabbed my uh, little pellet rifle, which is pretty powerful. Um, But anyway, uh, I was going to take some shots at them, but by the time I got back out there, they were all gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Exercising authority. And that is not what I'm talking about today. But I wanted to share something amazing that I found in the scriptures as I was studying uh, the story from Mark chapter 6, the day the disciples had been with Jesus all day long. They had ministered to a large crowd of people Jesus had done a long teaching until late in the day. The scriptures tell us that it was late, the hour was late, and the disciples came to him and said, Master, uh, you're going to have to send the people away. Uh, They're hungry. They have nothing to eat out here in this remote place. And he told them, well, you give them something to eat. And, of course, they didn't understand what he meant. They thought he meant uh, go to the nearest city, buy tons and tons of food, because there was 5,000 men there, not counting women and children, and they were really perplexed by his instructions. And so he tried another way. He said, what do you have? What food do you have? And they brought to him all that they found from that crowd was five loaves of bread and two fish. They gave it to him. He prayed over it and started feeding the disciples, had the people sit in groups of 50 and 100, and they began to distribute this tiny amount of food to this crowd of thousands of people. But yet the Bible says all of them ate and were filled, and afterwards they gathered 12 baskets of leftover food. And so this was clearly a miracle. And then afterwards, Jesus instructed his disciples, Scripture says he made them get into their boat and cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, even though by this time it was evening. And in obedience, they did what he said. They launched out knowing it would take some time to cross the sea. The Sea of Galilee, I looked it up, it's eight miles wide. It's 13 miles long. So they had at least eight miles to cross the sea, quite a ways, and it was dark. They knew they were launching out and were going to have to cross the sea at night, and they probably also understood, since they lived off the sea, many of them did, as fishermen, they probably understood that a storm was coming, because the Bible says as they got out there, uh, the, the winds were contrary, and they were straining with all their might to cross to the other side. And it was taking them forever because it says in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came walking across the water. The fourth watch of the night 
is from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so if they launched out, let's say they launched out at 6 or 7 p.m. that evening, well, by 3 a.m., they'd already been out there for eight or nine hours and were still only halfway. And now doesn't all of this sound so commendable? These men had given their whole day ministering to the crowd with Jesus. They had been obedient to do what Jesus told them to do, even though they knew it looked like a really bad idea, but they were giving it all they had to do it. And you would think all of this is to their credit. But what happened was, when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they were greatly troubled by that. And then when he climbed in the boat, they were even more amazed because the storm suddenly stopped. And in verse 51, it says, They were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled. And that even sounds understandable, right? Who wouldn't marvel when they saw all that? Jesus walking on the water. And so this is truly amazing. They had been ministering with Jesus. They had been with him all day long, helping him minister to the thousands of people. They had distributed the food as they watched him multiply it supernaturally, a miracle right before their eyes. They had obeyed him when he said, get in the boat and go. They had given it all their might. Here they were doing what he told them to do. All of it sounds so commendable. But at the end of the day, verse 52 ends it by saying, For they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. And I looked up that word understood in the Greek because I wanted to see what it was saying. And what it literally is saying is they could not make the connection. They could not connect the dots between Jesus multiplying the loaves and fishes and Jesus walking on the water and calming the storm. They couldn't make the connection. They couldn't gain the understanding, even despite their obedience, despite their ministry, work with Him, their being close to Him day in and day out. Despite all those things that they were doing right, none of those things gave them the understanding that they needed to make the connection, to see into that realm what Jesus was doing and how Jesus was doing these things because they were looking in the wrong place. And this gets back to my story that I mentioned the verse from Zechariah, that it is not by might, it is not by power, it is by my Spirit. And so these disciples were missing that key ingredient. They were not looking into that other realm, that invisible realm, but they were limiting their focus to what they could see in the natural realm. And so they missed the connection. They missed the whole point. They didn't understand. If they had their attention focused in the right place, they would have already been considering. They would have been thinking and pondering in their heart and wondering about it. Now, how is it that he multiplied the loaves and fishes to feed so many people? Where did this ability come from? And how did he know how to tap into it? 
They could have been way down the road in their understanding in making those connections and already having questions for Jesus so that they could begin to learn to draw out of that realm the same way that he did. They would have been thinking along those lines instead of just saying, oh, great, we now have food. Good. Okay, you want us to get in the boat and row? Okay, here we go. But I really like this story. It really speaks to me personally because I can identify with that. I can identify with thinking that I'm already doing the right things. I'm doing this right and that right and that right. But yet, why is it that I was stuck in a rut? Well, the same thing they were doing. I was looking in the wrong place. I was limiting my focus to to the realm that I could see. And the whole time, getting mad at God for hiding things from me when he never was. It was my fault all along for looking in the wrong places rather than looking inward at the inner witness of the Holy Spirit already abiding in me. Every answer I need is there. And so despite doing some things right, I'm stuck in a rut for years. I wasn't connecting the dots. I wasn't understanding. And this is the reason After being there and suffering there for as long as I have, I am now determined (laughs) to get my focus, to get my attention in that right place fixed on what God has already given me, what He has already done on the inside of me. I want to begin to learn to draw out and partake of every bit of it because all that time I'm sitting there thinking wrong, thinking God's hiding something from me because that's just the way he does things for some unknown reason. No, he doesn't. The only thing that was hindering me was my own lack of understanding, and the only reason for that was I was looking in all the wrong places. And if you want to keep going with it, the reason for that is I was relying on myself and my own understanding, putting more trust in my own opinions, in my own thoughts, in my own knowledge, in my own understanding, rather than just trusting that maybe God, just maybe, He's smarter than me. (laughs) Maybe He knows more than me. Could that be possible? Maybe I should be pursuing Him for these answers. And not just pursuing Him, not just begging Him to give me some missing piece, but thanking Him that He already has put it in me. It's all there. That's the scripture I read in the previous program, 1 John 2.20. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. We are completely loaded to the max. We have been given the mind of Christ. We just simply need to learn how to draw out from what God has put in us. And so the thing that I'm endeavoring to do today is to change my focus. I want to be diligent in changing my habits, in changing my practices, in the way that I think that I begin to pursue that inner witness. What is the inner witness leading me and speaking to me today? Because that's where I'm going to find the answers. Now, of course, we find the answers in the scriptures, 
but I'm talking about things in our everyday life that you're not going to find it exactly spelled out in the Bible, but that's okay, because we have Him in us, and He will lead us and guide us and show us and direct us. Okay, I think that's a good place to stop for today, and I'm going to pick it up on the next program, getting in, I'm finally going to get into the main part of the message, which is explaining about why it is and how it is, according to the Bible, that we already have been given all things. So thanks for joining me today, and I'll be back with another program soon.